Well, Happy New Year. Don't you love new, new times, new hours, new seasons? I love it, man. And I love that his mercies are new every morning, right? So if you're a complete idiot last night celebrating, his mercies are new every morning this morning. Thank you, God. Amen. I see all the people going, yes, brother. I agree with that one. Not just joking. All right? It's great, isn't it? Love the new beginning. So, so many great things we haven't even talked about in 23 we're going to do, but we're definitely expanding, going to do some more things with specifically Target for Women, quarterly events, quarterly events with men, and we've got all kinds of things. But at the end of January, we do have one. It's called uh, Stand. It's going to be a men's conference. We're going to buy standing for God, standing against the, the enemy, and we're going to go after it. So it sounds good because you get strong men in the house and strong women. We're in a good place, all right? Amen? Well, good. You guys excited? Come on, anybody starting some new things? Anybody go to the gym this morning already? Oh, another Sneer's Day. I did that yesterday. I did it yesterday. I was about dying. Someone laps in the pool. I was like, <gasps> and I literally stopped like three weeks ago. I'm like, what happened? Three weeks. I know for people my age, take off three weeks is like three months. All right. No, it's not. Get over that. All right. Anyhow, that's what I'm told by my children. I'm like, dad, you can't take off. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So, hey, I got a fresh word today. 12. I got 12 for 12. Okay. You can put that down in your notes. I know you're taking notes. You love it. 12 for 12 on New Year's Day. It's going to be 12 words for the 12 months of the year. It can be 12 words for 12 hours every day of your life. Okay. And these are 12 words I've been praying. I've been praying for myself, praying for my family, really praying for the community of Life Center over the last quarter of 2022. I found myself praying this for our staff regularly. These are all action words. Okay. They're all the, you know, what are action words? Uh, they're Verbs. Good. All right. Just not. We don't need to do school. But anyhow, action words. It means we're doing something, okay? So we're going to blitz through these in a few minutes. Is that okay? If you give me, I'll do about a minute and a half in each. You're like, 12 things? 12? I know it sounds like a holy, holy number, doesn't it? 12. So the first one is wait on him, okay? Every one of these is going to about him. And I love it. Chani, thank you for that word. All the words we're getting on, all the prophetic people get stirred, leaning in, saying, God, what are you saying? What are you doing? And, and this is what I got, okay? So wait on him is the first one. Isaiah chapter 40. You guys are familiar with this? Those who wait for the Lord will what? Gain new strength. Come on, they wind up, mount up with wings, wings like eagles. They run and not get tired. They'll walk and not get weary, and they'll be able to speak intelligently, all right? So it's not this passive waiting, okay? When you hear that, you're like waiting on the Lord. No, this is like, this isn't a zoning out or sleeping. This is a hoping. Like, God, I can't wait to get with you. I'm waiting. I'm, I'm anticipating an encounter with you because you're going to interact with me. Do you know what I mean? It's like a hoping, a hope. I can't wait to get with you and hear you and be with you. That's what I'm talking about, waiting on the Lord. It's like the picture of a little child waiting for his dad to come home and he can't wait to play with him. Can't wait to see what dad's going to do today with me. Are you with me? That's what I'm talking about, awaiting on the Lord. Wait for him. Got it? Number one. Number two. We're going quickly here. Listen to him. Him is the big word here all the time, all throughout all these. But listen to him. Proverbs chapter four. Listen to me and you will have a long, good life. John 10, 27. My sheep, listen to my voice. All right? Remember in Samuel, he calls to him and says, the Lord came and stood, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, speak for your servant is listening. All right? All through the Bible, he tells us, to listen to him, and he warns us. If we don't listen, it could be bad for us. You know what I mean? And it was, they had some difficult times, the people of God, all through the, the Bible, right? Would you agree? I would agree with you, Brian. Okay. So he says in Psalm 34, verse 11, come, you children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Isn't that amazing? He's saying, listen to me. We need to listen to him. Okay. Now, Proverbs, all through Proverbs. I'm a Proverbs fan. I do it. I've done it for years and years. Read Proverbs every day. And you're talking four, five, seven, eight, and just countless times throughout Proverbs. He says, now, therefore, listen to me. Listen to what I'm saying, okay? It takes time to listen, doesn't it? Are you with me? 
Spouses are nudging each other like, he never listens. She never listens, right? Listen takes, it's a requirement of our hearts. I can hear a lot of things, and I'm a great multitasker, and I can hear, I can repeat what you said, but it didn't, wasn't listening with my heart. Are you with me? Take time to tune in. We're going to wait on him. We're going to listen to him, okay? Number three, we're going to behold him. Second Corinthians chapter three, you guys are all familiar with this. We're going to, with all of us, all of us, <laughs> with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord. We're transformed. We're changed from glory to glory. Behold, it's one of those lost words. I think Paul Balash mentioned it a few weeks ago. Didn't he say that? He said, behold, we didn't even use that word anymore. Behold, and all through scripture, we're encouraged, we're commanded to behold. What is he saying? Look, look at me. Look at what I'm doing. Look at what's happening. Do you see? Do you sense? He's saying, look at what I'm saying. I love what Charles Stock has said for many years. Whatever we behold, we become. It's like, oh, that's a scary thought, isn't it? So let's not behold the, the whatever, the worthless, time-wasting, life-wasting, temporary things that don't help us become more like him. Would you agree? You're like, ouch, you beat me up on New Year's Day. That's right. Okay, the prophet Isaiah, he says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Remember in Isaiah 43? Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? He says, I will make a way in the wilderness. I will make rivers in the desert. He's saying, look, it doesn't look like it is right now. It's going to be different. Behold, look, look upon me. Isn't that powerful? Come on, take some time this year, this day and every day. Let's behold him, all right? Let's do it all the time. The more time we take to behold him, the more we're going to become like him. And it's a dangerous thing to say right now because sports is like every bowl game's on, right? And I'm like a sports person. Every, every playoff game is coming up, right? Come on, Netflix series and all that. Those are all great in their measure, but I want to behold him more than all that. And above all that, I want to behold him. Are you with me? Come on, man. He's the one that brings life. Those things are temporary passing things, right? Uh, so, uh, Proverbs chapter 8 sums up these three. We're going to wait for him. We're going to listen to him. We're going to behold him. But Proverbs 8 verse 34 says, Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at my doorposts. He says it all right there. Come on. So let's wait for him. Let's listen to him. Let's watch. Let's behold him. Are you there? Come on, Marcy and I got a hold of a great devotional. I think it was last Christmas. Brian Simmons has this little Christmas devotional. And it's a really basically focusing on the Advent. It's a simple little book you could read in a minute, but we take the home, like, I don't know, from mid-November on, and we go through it, and we just read it. And it's all about beholding the glory of God. It stunned me this year. Because last year, I was like, yeah, yeah. It's like, this year, I was like, oh, this is really good. I'm going to slow down and behold him. All right? So let's do that, okay? Number four, are you with me? Seek him. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. You guys know this. Jesus says to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that we need are going to be added to our lives. There's a lot of things I want that I don't need. And there's things I need that I don't want. <laughs> You're there. <laughs> Think about it, right? But it's like seeking is going and searching for. I'm looking for. I'm trying to discover. I'm going after it. This is an action we're pursuing. I love that about Charles Nance Stock. They're in their 70s now and they're still seeking his kingdom. That's challenging, isn't it? I love it with our staff. Guys are seeking the kingdom, going after God. God, we want to know more of you. Come on, let's pursue you. Isn't that awesome? It's awesome, right? Great. So why am I saying it? Because let's not wait till we're in some kind of difficult situation or, or we have a crisis in our lives or, or we're like there's some desperate, tough place and we're like, oh, now we need a miracle and we got to seek him. Let's go after him when things are good. Let's go after him when you're healthy. Let's seek him when we, you know, Isaiah, I think it's the prophet says, seek him while he may be found, right? Call on him while he's near. That's why I'm, I mean, we're in the presence of God on Sundays. It's amazing. I'm always going, talk to me. I want to know. I'm like searching for answers and discoveries. Are you there? 
It's so important because maybe <laughs> there is this morning in Matthew 25. Well, maybe it'll be too late. We'll be written over all of our efforts to gain the inheritance, which has been forfeited by neglect. I'm like, oh, that's a scary thought, isn't it? <laughs> You're like, oh, let's skip that one. That's not a good New Year's Day. <laughs> All right, okay. Come on. Right back to Isaiah 55. He says in verse 7, let the wicked man forsake his own way and his unrighteous man his own thoughts. Why? Let him return unto the Lord that he may have compassion and to our God that he will freely pardon. Isn't that great? This is the most powerful promise. This to me is a massive motivator to, to, for every one of us to seek him. Like this is your, you're like laying it out for us. Why wouldn't I want to seek you? Yeah, amen, got one. Okay, all right, number five, follow him. All right, I'm gonna blitz through him, follow him. Jesus says so many times in the gospels, he says, follow me. He uses those two simple words to call his disciples. Follow me. Called Peter and Andrew and James and John and all the guys. He even called Matt, when Matthews is sitting in the tax collector booth. Hey, follow me. These guys didn't take 30 days to consider. They weren't like, oh, I don't know. Let me think about it. Can I get a sandwich first? No, they were all in. You know what I mean? They like responded because they saw the one they were looking for their entire lives. They said, he's it. You're the one. Are you with me? Come on. Man, it's so important that we do this respond. Like, let's be all in. John 10, I read it earlier. My sheep, he listened to my voice and I know them and they follow me. Isn't that good? Later, Jesus calls about another 70 guys that were following him and says, go out and prepare for the places I'm going to go now. Isn't that awesome? Remember he called the rich young ruler? He said, come follow me, and he didn't. That's a scary thought. Because why? When we're saying yes to following him, we're saying, like, we're, it's, it's all about his way and not our way anymore. And if you're like me, I grew up in one of those families, like, I did it my way. You know what I mean? It was like I was taught that stuff. It's like, no, it's not my way anymore. It's his way. Do you know what I mean? It was a change. It was like a paradigm shift for my soul and all my brothers. We were like, we were strong believers and do it your way. It's like, no, I don't think so. Come on. When we say yes to following, we're saying yes to, we're going to let him lead my life. That's so powerful, isn't it? And why do I love it? Because he, he promises us he'll lead us and guide us into all the truth. That's an amazing thought. He'll lead me and guide me into all the truth. None of my college professors and all my schooling can tell me, I'll lead you and guide you into all the truth. Nah, doesn't work that way. All my ungodly friends that thought they were super cool. Nope, they can't lead me and guide me into all the truth, but he can, right? Isn't that good? Come on. <laughs> it brings confidence when I'm, I agree with Peter saying, where else can we go? You have the words of eternal life. That's so good, isn't it? Thank you. Did you ever try to follow someone in the dark in your car? You don't look for the signs. You just want to follow the car. Blue truck. I'm just following the blue truck. All right? Anybody ever done that? And you're going to places you've never been before. We've done it on many mission trips. I remember getting in Austria one time. We were following to one of those roundabouts, and they just disappeared. And we had three, like, full vans of teenagers. I'm like, ah, Jesus, show me the way. <laughs> it was like, we're in trouble. Do you know what I mean? But all I had to do is keep my eyes on the vehicle. So I thought, ah, I believe he will lead us and guide us through places we've never been before. In the dark. Oh, yeah, in the dark. All right? But he, why? Because he knows the way. He is the way. If I could say it that way. Isn't that good? So let's keep our eyes on him and follow him. All right? Got it? Are you with me? Next one. Number six. Obey him. These are big words. Two syllables. Obey. That's pretty brutal. Like, all right, this is huge. But he said if we'd love him, we'd obey him. Right? If we love him, we're going to keep his word. It's the same thing. We're going to obey his commands. And do what he said to do, and do when he said to do it, and do how he said to do it. Did you ever miss that? I've missed it. Like, I do what you said. Yeah, your attitude is pretty bad, bub. Oh, oh, I had to get that right, too? Yeah. 
in love. <laughs> right? But all of us are constantly learning to obey him, aren't we? Come on. And he, he lovingly encourages us and tells us how to think and how to speak and how to live this life. We simply need to obey. Come on. Back in the Old Testament, these guys, man, he said that he constantly told his people in the Old Testament these two things. If you're willing and you're obedient, you're going to eat the good of the land. Let's be willing and obedient in 2023. Are you with me? So good. Ah, all the time when you look in the scriptures, when anybody, whenever a person was obedient, not just good things happened, but God things happened. I love that. I remember being so like when I first got saved, the word, the written word, I didn't know about the spoken word, but all I knew was about the written word. Memorize, memorize, memorize. Remember the first time after I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. And I remember walking in this clothing store and talking to an old friend that I knew before Christ. And we were crazy before that. And I, and I remember walking out of the store and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, go back and tell him what happened to you. I remember going back and sharing, sharing with him. I said, man, I got to tell you that God changed my whole life. Within 24 hours, this guy had an encounter that changed his life. God came into his room unsolicited. Like, he's like, Whoa! you know, he had one of those old phones with the cord, called me like at 3 a.m. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Are you drunk? No, no, not think that you think I am. <laughs> he was still the spirit. He got wrecked. Isn't that good? I started thinking, ah, oh, I'll obey the written word, but I'm going to obey the spoken word too. So powerful, all right? So good, isn't it? Needless to say, I started obeying all the written words. But obedience demonstrates our, our, our faith in God, doesn't it? Obedience is the proof of our faith in God. So let's wait for him. Come on, I'm going to review. Let's listen to him. Let's behold him. Let's seek him. Let's follow him. Let's obey him. We're halfway there. You guys all right? Holy, holy, help me. Okay, so number seven, pray to him. We're going to pray to him. Pray all the time. Ephesians chapter six says pray at all times in the spirit. Jude 20 says pray in the Holy Spirit, building yourself up. And then in 1 Corinthians, I think it's in, in 14, he says, I'm going to pray in the spirit and I'm going to pray with my understanding. So I'm going to pray in all the, all the ways. He says pray all the time. When you're doing this, he said, this is something that's, it's like, don't lose heart. Remember Jesus talked to, to, the, to the disciples in Luke chapter 18, and he presents this parable. And the whole purpose of the parable is as they would pray and not lose heart. They would continue to pray. I thought, he said, ought always to pray is what my translation says. I thought, ah, but I can encourage you. If you don't get any of the other 12, get this one, all right? I want you to get them all, but get, get this one, pray. Right? Jesus, find a, t- a time every day and get alone and pray. And Jesus did this. They said he got up when he was still dark and he went to a desolate place, speaking of without distractions, and he cried out to God. I thought, God, what a model for us. Pray. And pray about everything and pray for everyone, right? You with me? You can pray all the time, okay? Prayer is, to me, is you're inviting God into your situation every time you pray. You're practicing the presence of God. You're acknowledging him, like it says in Proverbs, in all your ways when you pray. I'm acknowledging him. Pray for your family, your children, your grandchildren, your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents if they're still around, right? Pray for everybody. Pray for your coworkers. Pray for your boss. If you're a boss, pray for the people that work for you. Pray for everybody around you. Pray for the person you see every day or every week. You know, whether it's the mailman or the trash collector, whoever it is, pray for him. Pray, pray, pray. We can't pray enough. Isn't it awesome? So good, because we invite him into our situations when we pray. God knows already. He's already just saying, hey, man, just open the door for me, all right? Got it? Prayer. Number eight, worship him. This is one of my favorites of all the whole, you know, 12, but all of my favorite. Worship him. John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24. True worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth, Right? And the Father's looking for people like that to worship. What do I mean? In, in, in truth and reality. In reality and truth. I'm doing this real, not faking it. Okay? 
<laughs> and he did this. If you ever look through the whole John chapter 4, he does this with the woman of the ball. It's a crazy situation. And what I'm saying and why I'm saying this is because he's, it's not about your circumstances, situation. It's about a matter of the heart. I mean, worship him. He said it's coming from our hearts, man. Okay, are you there? He inhabits the praises of his people. It's so powerful, isn't it? There's nothing we can do like our corporate worship. My own quiet times, I may, try to make it feel like a Sunday morning, but I can't do it. But it's, it's just different. Corporate is a, it's such a different dimension, isn't it? But I believe, I believe, man, we have the greatest worship that the church has ever experienced in this day and age. I mean, maybe you like the Gaither Brothers. That's amazing. But I like whatever we were doing this morning. <laughs> Sorry. They may be a little different. Sorry, I'm stepping on toes. <laughs> Anyhow, all right. But it's like, it's amazing what we have. And we can tune into any of it. Any moment of the day, you can listen to worship all the time. You wake up worshiping. You're whatever, doing the chores around the house where you can wash your car, drive in your car, get your food, eat your food. You can do it while you're worshiping. Isn't it amazing? It's such a good place we have today. I thought, wow. Marcia and I, last year, uh, celebrated a birthday, and we took some time. We started looking back over the 34 years now. It's 34 and a half years we're married. And we started looking at how our lives, and this is really weird, sorry, but have been marked by worship and worship music through our whole, those years together. Isn't that weird? But literally, we met, we got a hold of this guy named Ken Henry, and he was the first guy to kind of break into after, uh, uh, I forget the name of the Maranatha music. And he kind of broke out and started doing this spontaneous worship is what we called it at the time. And he would just go off the page and sing. And you're like, oh, this is us. So we were consumed with it. And he finally started coming to our church and started doing conferences with him. But we started looking at like, wow, the beginning of that. Then we really went on a YWAM event and met Paul Balash at a little church with 150 teenagers. All the YWAMers went over to this little place. Anybody that's probably in the house? Anyway, I went over to this little building where he was leading worship. And he was leading worship with a bunch of teenagers. And I was like, we just started doing that in Airborne. This is early, I know, 1991, really back in the old days. Anyhow, and we were like, I'm like, someone else is doing this. But I remember meeting him thinking, this guy's got a sound, and it's a sound of worship and praise. It's not about him, it's about God and his presence. Remember that? And then all this integrity started breaking out through the 90s. If you're with me, you're like, wow. Okay, young people hang in there. Integrity was this, they put it down. They put a CD together, or a CD, or what's that? A tape together every month, you know? And they have these guest worship leaders. Anybody with me? Yes, it was amazing. Thank you. I don't feel alone up here. All right, and it was so good, and then we got into that. And around the mid-90s, we, we discovered this band called Delirious. And I remember we were on a mission trip. We came back through Heathrow Airport, and I'm like, I've got to find a Delirious CD. And I remember getting it. We came back, and that's all we sang for the next three years in Airborne. Like, <laughs> you know, Martin Smith and the boys. It was amazing. And right at that time, all the Hillsong started breaking out, too. Actually, the Hillsong youth started doing, releasing these CDs, and we consumed it all. And then around 2000, remember the 2000, the call in D.C.? 400,000 people came, and this little guy named Jason Upton just got up on the keyboard and started singing, and we're like, what is happening? It's like he sang, and he sang, and he had a devotion in front of that many people, <laughs> and we were all like, oh. and I think within a year or two, we had him here. When we first got in the sanction, we were like, ah, and then all of us started open from Hillsong to all the local churches, I call them, that have become apostolic centers across the nation, from Bethel to Elevation to, I mean, you name it now, from <laughs> Upper Room to Longinco, all these places, and Life Center, like John talked about. All these songs and the sound erupting. I thought, God, this is so powerful. Isn't it awesome? And we were looking back like, wow, our, life, our whole marriage is marked by worship. But we did this intentionally because we loved it, because we knew when you have worship, wherever you're playing it, the presence of God comes. Isn't that awesome, whether it's in your kitchen or your wherever? I thought, this is so powerful. And we did it intentionally with our kids. I'll be honest with you. We played it all the time in our vans and our vehicles. That's why when Paul Blosh last, you know, two weeks ago, our kids were like, I remember that. And they're like, 
two and three years old. You remember that? Yes, you played it over and over. <laughs> like that's how we played. Because <laughs> we wanted our kids to be addicted to the presence of God through worship. Are you there? There's nothing better in there. That doesn't mean they make, they're like perfect people, okay? Or we there either, you know, almost. We're working on it. Just kidding. <laughs> Are you with me? Okay, limit number nine. Thank him. Holy, holy, help us. Thank him. We have so many reasons to thank him. Psalm 100, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Come on, it's our entrance in, isn't it? We thank him. It's so good. On all these scriptures in the New Testament, I'm just gonna breeze over in 1 Thessalonians, it says, you know, pray without ceasing. But he says, but giving thanks in all things. And in Philippians 4, he says, you know, your offer, don't be anxious, don't worry about anything, but in all your prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. And in Ephesians chapter 6, he goes, be filled with the Spirit, and goes all the way down and says, always giving thanks for all things. I know I'm just skipping through them for time purposes. But he says, continually stay steadfast in prayer, but do it with thanksgiving. It's nothing better to be thankful, all right? It's just, it's an awesome thing to teach your small children, as little as you can, to be thankful. Come on, he put his breath in our lungs, right? His blood in our veins. We're living here today because of him. So thankful. God, thank you for life, all right? So we're going to wait for him. We're going to listen to him. We're going to behold him. We're going to seek him. We're going to follow him, obey him, pray to him, worship him, thank him. Last three. Can you stay with it? Got it, Bri. Number 10, honor him. Remember Jesus said to, the, said to the guys in Matthew 15, he said, you hypocrites, Isaiah prophesied correctly about you, that these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Look, I don't want to just practice thing uh, like all these outward formalities. We got to get it. The, the, the honors are something from, we do from our heart. It's an inward devotion, but it comes out of our heart as an honest and true, and like, oh God, give us clean hands and pure hearts, right? That we wouldn't be like hypocrites. We're just singing, but our hearts are not even here. It's like, no. I want my heart to be close to him, all right? So important. We just came through celebrating the Holy Spirit. God is with us, Emmanuel. Like honoring him and recognizing he's with us all the time. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. I want to honor my thoughts, my words, my actions. Do I do everything perfectly? No, but I'm leaning in. God, I want to honor you and who I am, even my personality. I'm not going to be overtaking. Let, uh, let God have the first place. There. Come on. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, he says, whatever you do, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Help us to do that. Amen? Number 11, delight in him. I love to camp here for six months. Anyhow, delight in him. Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord. What will happen? He'll give you the desires of your heart. It's another one of those words like behold. You don't hear it much. Behold him. Delight yourself in him. And I thought, oh, there's a whole world out there, man. I've met so many people that delight in wealth. They delight in their possessions. They delight in, you know, whatever. Their status or their business success or their you know, the educational achievements or their intellectual giftedness, and they're always looking for something more. They're not satisfied. They never will be. Do you know that? Come on. It's the reason. <laughs> Come on. Solomon said this great thing in Ecclesiastes. He said he learned this. He was pursuing all the earthly treasures, and he says, everything is meaningless in comparison to delighting yourself in the Lord. Isn't that good? Come on. Delighting ourselves in the Lord is the true treasure. Learn to do that if you haven't done that. First John chapter two, he said, look, there's the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, all those things. He said, that's not it. That comes from the world. You'll never be satisfied. Okay, let's place our hope and our joy, come on, in God first. Our true desires are eternal treasures in Christ. There's no greater joy than delighting yourself in the Lord. Learn to get before him and not ask him for a thing and just thank him and just praise him, worship him, just address the Lord with kindness and goodness. It's amazing when you do that. I believe it's a supernatural fountain of joy which will grip your heart when you learn to delight yourself in the Lord. Amen? Last one, love him. 
This isn't on purpose. It is on purpose. Love him. <laughs> right? Luke chapter 10, he says, you shall love the Lord God with all your heart, right? With all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. Your neighbor is yourself. First John chapter four says, we can't love him. He first loved us. <laughs> and he infuses this love into our lives, right? Generates that love in which we are able to love him and love people around us, right? I don't need to break it down and, you know, your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. We know what those things are. The reason he's saying that is because we can't love with God just with one part of our life. We've got to love him with everything, the whole thing. We're all in. Are you with me for 2023? Let's do this. No, it's like above everything else. I told the first service, Marcy's parents are sitting up there and they're in their early 80s and we had the honor of celebrating their 60th anniversary about two years ago. And I looked at their lives and I thought, wow, perseverance in their commitment, commitment to each other. They were determined, they're obedient to the point of their commitment. Now they're 63 years coming this year and I thought, God, would our love be like that for the Lord for 60 some years? Could I love the Lord with perseverance, with obedience, with commitment, like two people love each other? I thought, ah, God, give us your grace, amen? So good. So come on, this year, let's wait on him. Pick one, just close your eyes. Let's listen to him. Let's behold him. Let's seek him. Let's follow him. Let's obey him. Let's pray to him. Let's worship him. Let's thank him. Let's honor him, delight in him, and let's love him. Come on, let's all stand up. Thank you, Lord. It's okay if we worship a little bit. Back into the song they introduced earlier. follow you. Come on. Lift your hands to the Lord. God, we want to follow you all the days of 2023. Come on. We want to do all these to you. Him. Him. As Chandi said it earlier, it's all about him this year, God. God, take us take our eyes off ourselves. God, let us keep them on you. Come on. If you're close enough to someone around you, just grab their hand. Put an arm around somebody. If you have a sibling or a spouse or somebody, connect to someone close to you. Holy Spirit, we thank you for what you're doing in our midst. God, we're excited. God, we're excited. I am thrilled about the things you're going to do in 2023, God. Father, stir our hearts for the things of you, not the things of man, but God, the things of the kingdom, God. 
God, we pray, make the adjustments to every one of our hearts. We'd live for you. We'd follow you. We'd seek you. We'd love you. We'd honor you, God. We'd be obedient to you, God. God, in every way, all of our lives, come on, our thoughts, our words, our actions, let them honor you, we pray. Pray for your grace in all this, God. In Jesus' name. Can you say amen, church? Amen and amen. Yeah. Hey, we'll just some. Yeah, it's good. Thank you, Lord. That's good. I know that was a lot to dump on you here. Well, listen, we're going to open the altar. If you want prayer for any of these things or any of these have challenged you, you felt you could hit a roadblock in these areas, we're going to pray that God breaks through. Amen. Other than that, have a great day. Happy New Year. Have a great week. Thanks.